praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. We give God thanks and praise for um, the fourth day of Grace to Prosper Summit 2022. We appreciate His mercies to us and um, how He has helped us thus far. I believe you've been blessed thus far by God's word. And I believe that um, your life has been transformed. You've been learning deep. We've been going deep into God's word. I've been learning a lot. We thank God for what we have been learning. Um, at this point, we're going into God's word. Let's say a word of prayer. Dear Abba Father, we appreciate you. We glorify you. Thank you for another privilege in your presence to share um, your word, to share fellowship, and to learn of you. Sweet Holy Spirit, to reverence you. Jesus, we glorify you. Abba Father, we magnify you. We ask that you teach us. We ask that Jesus alone be glorified. Let no flesh glory in itself. And at the end of it all, we'll vow to give you the praise and glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. All right, we've been um, learning so much from God's word, and I believe we've been blessed. I want to appreciate everyone who has been joining me, everyone who has been viewing these teachings. The good Lord bless you. Amen. Once again, good morning, good afternoon, good evening to you. Wherever you're joining us from, I want to assure you by the help of the Holy Spirit that we're going to have a most glorious time in God's presence today. Um, today, we are continuing from, um, you know, where we stopped yesterday by the grace of God. And this is um, Grace to Prosper Summit, and we are on Prosperity Redefined. Um, since the first day of the summit today, redefining prosperity, getting broader understanding of the subject of prosperity. You know, um, the subject of prosperity has been misconstrued, misco um, has been misunderstood by many, and as a result of that, it has caused a lot of confusion in the Church of Jesus. Those who have been joining us from the beginning will be not um, thought and will understand prosperity as, let me use the word, as simple as it can be, and see how indispensable it is in the life of the Christian. Praise God forevermore. Um, um, that is the purpose of this particular summit. Um, we're going to be having another Grace to Prosper summit and we're going to be going further. Amen to Jesus. But this summit basically just is um, targeted at making us see um, the definition of prosperity, what it really means, and make us understand how indispensable it is in the Christian faith. Amen to Jesus. All right, we're going to be continuing today and um, we're redefining prosperity again. And um, today we are looking at receiving and manifesting prosperity receiving and manifesting prosperity praise god forevermore hallelujah to jesus now um yesterday we understood basically um a primary the, the, the summary or the summation of everything was that jesus removed the blockade to the blessing to allow free flow of the blessing from abraham to the gentiles um we understood quite a lot go by the teaching of his days also amen to jesus so today we're going to be continuing and now we've understood the blessing when I stood up, um, prosperity is enshrined in the blessing. When you talk about the blessing, you're actually talking about prosperity. One of the words that explains the blessing is the word prosperity. Hallelujah to Jesus. And when I stood in one of our lessons, that um, 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 uh, so much about you know the, the word about um, the blessing and prosperity. When I stood that um, you know you, as a Christian you cannot but be blessed because God blessed Adam in Genesis chapter verse twenty eight. Um, if you have a problem with the blessing, that means you have a problem with God. Amen. Praise God. Because the blessing is the empowerment given by God to man to um, fulfill his um, the tax that God gave to man. And so um, it's indispensable. In fact, you cannot fulfill your God-given assignment without prosperity. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Amen and amen. Now, in our previous lesson, we learned that Jesus destroyed the works of the devil, which is all there is to sin. He redeemed us from the cause of the law and it and its cause, which enabled the free flow of the blessing of God from Abraham to all who believe in Jesus and his finished work. Amen. And he gave us what 
life and abundant life to be able to do what to be able to enjoy this blessing and it's not enough for god to redeem me from the cross redeem us from the cross of the law and enough for us to for jesus to remove the blockade um, um in the pipeline of the blessing and if that is done and we don't have the life to enjoy it then the work was futile praise god forevermore if we don't have more abundant life to enjoy it then the work was futile god does not bless and truncate god is not the devil you know, we we hear situations of people who they go to meet the devil for money, and there are different ways the devil makes them understand that they are not going to live long to enjoy the money. You get what I'm saying? God does not do that. When God blesses you, He gives you long and good life so you can enjoy the blessing. In fact, God wants you to enjoy the blessing. He wants us to enjoy the blessing. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. That's why we, He came to give us more abundant life and life, life and more abundant life, so that we can enjoy the blessing to the full. God wants us to not only be blessed, but also to do what? Enjoy the blessing. God wants us to enjoy the blessing. Are we together? Uh, yeah, he wants us to enjoy the blessing. Amen to Jesus. All right, you see in John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. Are we together? Now, so he, in other words, Jesus came to give us life in two levels. In two levels. Two levels of life. Two levels of life. Amen to Jesus. Now look at the King James version of um, John 10, 10, the B part. says, I have come, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Um, that's the King James. The easy English says, I have come so they can live and so they can have everything that they need. <laughs> I love it. I have come that so they can what? Live. Well, not only live, so they can have everything that they need. My brother, it's not enough, my sister, it's not enough to just live. It's not just enough to exist. Are you get what I'm saying? For you to live, you have to have all you need. Are you getting me? And God, you know, um, um, God made that glaring in um, the way he created, when he created the earth, Genesis chapter 1. You see, he created everything before he created Adam. Why did he do that? Because he didn't want Adam to come and meet lack of want. Wanted everything to be well provided for so that when Adam comes, Adam meets everything he needs. So God wants not just for us to have life, but also for us to have everything that we need. Philippians 4 verse 19, my God shall supply all your need according to the riches of glory in Christ Jesus. Now, God wants us to be fully supplied. Are you getting what I'm saying? It doesn't mean we will not have challenges. It doesn't mean that we will not have times when it looks like we're experiencing lack. Are you getting what I'm saying? But the experience of lack does not make it the lifestyle. Are you get what I'm saying? The life that God planned for us is not a lack life. It is a full supply life. That's the reason why even when a child of God is experiencing some lack of want, you are not to think that as your final life. No. It is, it might be just a passing phase and a condition, but that is not your life. You are fully supplied for. You are fully supplied for. How we together. That's the reason why we can always have hope, even in a situation of lack, that it's not going to be like this forever. You know, I've been in those different situations of like, I remember there was a time when anyway, I last mission street, when we don't know, we didn't know when the next money was going to come from. Anytime I go to take money from, you know, the place I used to keep money, I I, I, I make confessions. And the, the clothes of oil shall not fail. Then that shall be barrier fail. Until the Lord sends rain together, I keep making that confession. And even there are times when, even in this mission street, when it looks like, you know, I'm taking like the last or the, what is left to bear into. Just say my God shall supply all our needs according to his glory and Christ Jesus. Why making that? Because I understand that 
lack is not my reality. Are you get what I'm saying? I have to live in full supply. So even if I, it looks like what I have now is little, it doesn't mean that that's the end. Are you get what I'm saying? Praise God. Hallelujah to Jesus. Alright, so we see that Jesus gave us two levels of life. The first level is called life. Life is from the Greek word zoe. Zoe. And they are defined zoe as one life. That is the state of one who is possessed of vitality or is animate. Amen? Number two, every living soul. So the life that Jesus came to give us here is what? Life. The life for every living soul. The life for, you know, um, vitality um, and, uh, and, and being animate. So, that, because remember, the Bible said that God told Adam, the day eat of the fruit, you shall die. And that day that Adam ate his died. The Bible said the wind of sin is dead, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ alone. So, when we when Adam ate the fruit, Adam died, and we all died. So, our when we died spiritually, um, um, it made us, let me use the word, inanimate. It made us um, not vital. You understand what I'm saying? We lack vitality in our spirit, man. So, when Jesus came, he came to give us the first thing which was in the vitality in our spirit man and make us living in our spirit man praise god forevermore then number two is what um, um um life and it means of the absolute fullness of life i get what i'm saying now it's good to be alive it's good to be alive in the spirit and all that but now there's something called the fullness of life fullness of life is when the whole the whole of god's life is surging through you from spirit soul to body and you get what i'm saying when it's surging through you, when you are not, God told Abraham this way, he said, I will bless you and I will make you a blessing to the nation, to, to, to many families. When you are not only just alive, but you can now transmit the life of God to others, praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. And so that's what we call the full, the, the, the absolute fullness of life. Absolute fullness. Absolute fullness, praise God forevermore. It says, both essential and ethical, which belongs to God, and through him, both of the hypostatic logos and to Christ in whom the logos put on human nature. So basically this plain English is talking about the, the absolute fullness of life are we together and uh, which basically belongs to God. Fullness of life belongs to God. And I'm going to talk about the hypostatic logos. The hypostatic logos is the hypostatic union which is the union of 100% God and 100% man. Are we together? That's a hypostatic union. It was made in Christ where God united with man in one person called Christ. Praise God forevermore. And he's called the Logos. In the beginning was the word. The word word there is Logos. Are we together? Um, 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 we hear people say that um, the, 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 the realm of God's word, you know, um, is the word of God. Actually, it's Logos that is used there. Praise God forevermore. And uh, but when, when you take in Logos and the Holy Spirit breathes on Logos, it becomes, you know what, Rema. But one thing you also know is that the Logos is what gives life. Praise God forevermore. And that the letter is what giveth. Are we together? But the Spirit giveth life. The Spirit gives life through the Logos. Praise the Lord forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Alright, so it also means life real and genuine. A life active and vigorous. Devoted to God. Praise God forevermore. Now, so we can see that life here that Jesus came to bring is not just I'm alive, I'm alive, I'm alive. No, 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 no. A life devoted to God, praise God forevermore, blessed in the portion, even in this world, of those who put their trust in Christ, but after the resurrection to be consummated by what? New ascension and to last forever. So I'm talking about this life now, I'm talking about what? A life that is de dedicated to God, 
and it is eternal in nature. Praise God forevermore. That's why when I say that eternal life is now because Jesus came to give us life. That life is eternal life. Are you get what I'm saying? Is the life that God actually lives. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Now, so um, life is God. Life in summary is God's life, which is real, genuine, active, and vigorous, and devoted to Him. Received by all who put their trust in Christ. This life is eternal. Are you get what I'm saying? It's a real life. It's a genuine life. It's an active life. It's a vigorous life. You see, the, the, the life of God on the inside of us is not docile. It's not dormant. Are you getting what I'm saying? Sometimes people that say, oh, I'm born again. But you see that they are just, they are just docile and they are not doing No, you don't, you are not even understanding the life in you. The life, in, the life of God in us is active. The life of God in us is, 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 is vigorous. Are you getting what I'm saying? It, it, it wants to exact the energy of God. Are we together? It wants to exact the power of God. It seeks to release dunamis on a daily basis. Are you getting what I'm saying? So when you have the life of God in you, you are always eager to release the dunamis of God. Amen. And I'm teaching to you now, I'm releasing the dunamis of God. For every one of us, there's one way or the other we release the dunamis of God. Praise God forevermore. We release the exosia of God. We release the, 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 the cupboard of God. We release the glory of God, the power of God. We release it every day. Praise God forevermore. Now, in your business place, you release it. That's to show that you have the life of God. It's vigorous. It's always wanting to release. Praise God forevermore. Okay. And this life also does what? It lasts forever. Amen. It lasts forever. Praise God. Hallelujah to Jesus. It's not a temporal life. It's not a temporal life. It's an eternal life. That's why it is forever. Praise the Lord forevermore. Now, um, the next level of life that Jesus gave us is more abundant life. More abundant life. That's the second level. More abundant life. Now, you see, more abundant is one word in Greek. In the Greek. And it's the word perisos. 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 And Thea defines perisos as exceeding some number or measure or rank or need. So more abundant life is a life that exceeds the measure of life. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, and that's why it's, um, the ACGC has given us life and given us all wings. Now, the life is the life of God. And now the ab more abundant life is a life that now exceeds the rank and exceeds the measure. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, the Bible is speaking, it says we have been given the measure of faith. The measure of faith is the quantity of faith that is given to every one of us. And we now grow in it. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, but when we, um, when we get born again, we receive the measure of faith. We receive the Holy Spirit. Now, but um, when we receive the more abundant life, it exceeds the measure of faith we have. Are you getting what I'm saying? It exceeds. Why? So that we can be able to maximize the measure of faith. In fact, it's a more abundant life that actually enables us to use the measure of faith, work it out till it grows and become great. Are you hear what I'm saying? So if there's no revelation of more abundant life, you will not be able to use the measure of faith that God has given you. That's why a lot of Christians are not using the measure of faith. You go meet a man of God and you say, man of God, I have a problem, I have a problem. Man of God says, what's the problem? And the man of God says, oh, this is a man of God, prays for you. And you get it. The man of God has traded his faith. He first had $10,000 worth of faith. Let me use that word. Ten, 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 ten talents. Are you getting me? And then you brought your own to him. And he traded with your own and added to his own faith. Now, you begin to say he's a big man of God. He's a big man of God. A, a man of God is one who actually gives himself to the world and to doctrine. Praise God forevermore. 
He has developed his faith. Why? Because of his revelation of what? The more abundant life of God in him. This life exceeds the measure of it so that it can maximize the measure of it. Are you getting me? But now, if you are born again, you have the life of God. Amen. And now, you have the measure of it. But you are unaware that you are what? You have more abundant life. You would not be able to maximize the life of God and the measure of it. That's the reason why a lot of Christians are not maximizing their life. Amen. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to your soul. It also means over and above, more than is necessary. More than is what? Necessary. Now, God does not give us what is necessary. He always gives us more than what is necessary. So there will be no excuse. God never gives us enough. He always gives us more than enough. So there will be no what? Excuse. That's the God we serve. So he gives us a life that is more than enough so that we can maximize his life in us. We can maximize the measure of it. We can maximize the Holy Spirit. We can maximize everything. And there will be no boundaries. There will be no limits. Praise God forevermore. It means exceeding abundantly and supreme life. Wow. A life that is supreme is exceeding, is abundantly. Are you getting it? Now it means something further, more, much, more than all, more plainly. It means superior, extraordinary, surpassing, uncommon. <laughs> the more abundant life is an uncommon life. It is not common. See, children of God, if we know that we have a life that is not common, we will not try to live our life like the world. You know, the problem we have today is that the children of, the, of, 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 of God are trying to just do everything the world is doing. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because we don't know that our life is uncommon. You see, the reason why they, they mock you is because they know that what you have is uncommon. Praise God forevermore. It's uncommon. It's uncommon. What they have is common. Are you getting me? What they have is common. But what you have is uncommon. And we should value what we have as children of God. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. It means preeminence, superiority, advantage, more eminent, more remarkable, more excellent. Are we together? So basically, one word that explains abundance is what? Superlative. Superlative. Are you getting what I'm saying? It is superlative life. My God. It is superlative life. So God doesn't just give you his life. But now his life on his own is beyond words can tell. But now he knows that you have to live this life on earth. So what does he do? He gives you a superlative life in addition so that you'll be ahead of everybody on earth. Children of God are ahead. We live a superlative life. Are we together? Amen. So, but one of the problems we have most of the time is that we live as though we are living a, 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 a lower kind of life. No, our life is the higher life. That means what is the highest life is the superlative life. Praise God forevermore. Now, one of the English words used by Strong to explain the Hebrew word for blessed is baraka. Baraka. Sorry, barak. 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 And barak means, one word to explain barak is abundantly. Are you getting what I'm saying? So if God's, when the Bible says, I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly, simply saying, I've come that you may have life and have it black. I've come that you may have life and have a blessed life. So a more abundant life is actually what? A blessed life. You can't remove blessing from this equation. Are you getting what I'm saying? You can't. Amen. 
This means that a blessed life is an, is an abundant life. This was what Adam enjoyed as a result of God blessing him. Genesis 1 verse 28. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's what Adam enjoyed. An abundant life. You know, he was never meant to die. An abundant life. And for someone to say, oh, but now we are now dying. Uh, no problem. But that does not stop you from having an abundant life. Are you getting what I'm saying? With the timing you have on earth, you can, oh my God, you can use, you can maximize life. You can maximize life as a child of God. Praise God forevermore. Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. Now, Adam enjoyed, you know, um, a blessed life in in Genesis chapter 1, chapter 2, sorry, down to 3 before the display, you know. But, um, you know, Jesus came to give us this particular life in a superlative dimension. Are you get what I'm saying? Now, the same blessed life, but when Jesus came, he gave this blessed life to us in a superlative dimension. He gave it to us in a superlative quantity. He gave it to us in a superlative quality. Are you get what I'm saying? Now, so, the life that Jesus gave is the blessed life that Adam lost in a superlative dimension. In a superlative quantity. In a superlative quality. That's why we are not, we are not permitted to live a common life. Because this life is uncommon. You see, I think Christians should start being taking glory. That means what should start being confident in the life that they have. Are you getting me? And stop trying to fit into the world to make people like you, to make the world like you. No. You have to be confident in the uncommon life you have. Are you getting what I'm saying? Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. So Jesus gave us a more abundant life, which is called what? Prosperity. Prosperity. That's the life he gave to us. A more abundant life, which is called what? Prosperity. Now, Jesus did not just give us life along, alone, which entails salvation. Are you getting what I'm saying? He also gave us superlative abundant life, which is what? Prosperity. So Jesus didn't just give us salvation. He also gave us what? Prosperity. And we understood that, you know, we will go further and see that salvation, inside the word salvation, the word salvation in the Greek is the word soteria, or the word sozo, and it means, um, it means um, to deliver, it means salvation, yes, it means to prosper. Are we together? So, you cannot have salvation without prosperity. Amen to Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, so... Um, So, um, thus, having salvation and having life superlatively to do what? To enjoy salvation. So, God didn't just give us salvation. He gave us superlative life so we can do what? Enjoy salvation. Now, salvation is meant to be enjoyed, not endured. It becomes an endurance when we do not maximize this, the abundant life. Are you get what I'm saying? Yeah. People endure the Christian life because they do not maximize their abundant life. I remember once when I came to this mission field, someone was looking at me and said, now that they are born again, they are not enjoying life. I'm like, I don't understand. Say no, before when they were in the world, they, you know, can carry girlfriends and every of that. See, but now, no more girlfriends. Like, what? That was the best much hearing somebody talk like that. And it was sounding weird and whack to me. But you see, um, the reason for such kind of treatment is because you don't, they don't understand what the more abundant life is. Are you getting what I'm saying? You understand what it means? A life that saves you from a lot of challenges is not a good life. 
I know you say you're not enjoying life. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. All right. Now, so uh, we see in Revelation 4 verse 11 that God created everything for his pleasure. Revelation 4 verse 11 says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. God created everything for his what? Pleasure. Praise God forevermore. And now, um, being understood that God created everything for his pleasure, that's the reason why he gave more abundant life. And you get what I'm saying? Because he wants you to enjoy salvation. He wants me to enjoy salvation. Are you getting it? The way we live salvation as salvation as Christian life sometimes as if uh, um, we have told God Jesus to take the whole world. Okay, we have told the people to take the whole world and not Jesus. He said we are satisfied. We'll be satisfied. So let's remain in this frustration, in this pain, in this uh, eating from the sweat of our brow because we chose Jesus. Like somebody will say, it's what you sign. He signed it, so we survived. He signed it to enjoy. But you know what? Even the disciples, they say, oh, it was a camp it all joy that go through diverse temptation. Even that James, sorry, even that he tried to faith what work it patient. If they were saying that kind of thing, that means they had the more abundant life that made them enjoy their salvation. It made them enjoy their salvation. Like, you get what I'm saying? The more abundant life that made them enjoy, even the suffering. You know, Apostle Paul said, in hunger, in peril, in shipwrecks, in um, pains, I have been beaten, you know. Yet, after every of that, he said, I can do all things. Wow. Through Christ. Why would he say that kind of thing? Because it was a more abundant life in him. That was making him enjoy this whole, for him it was an adventure. I, you get what I'm saying? It was an adventure. For some of us, it is frust it is torture. But for Apostle Paul, it was an adventure. And he said, like him, I said, who shall separate us from the love of God? Oh, is it hunger? Is it persecution? He was just naming the things he had gone through. <laughs> is it peril? He was naming them. He named them for all of us. Amen. And he was trying to make us understand that, see, all these things. They are part of the adventure. If you don't go through this adventure, you're not going to be, you know, you're not, you're not going to be, um, you know, fully mature. Number number two, you're not going to, um, you know, have, have a testimony concerning, you know, the Christian faith and all it entails. The Bible speaking, it says, when we go to heaven, I'll begin to sing our victory song. The angels will look at us in amazement, asking, "What are they saying? Are you getting what I'm saying?" Because they didn't have the opportunity to have this adventure. Child of God, this is an adventure. Some of us, I believe some of us like playing adventure games. One of the adventure games that started off with Mario, you know. Many of us play Mario Bros. Amen. It's an adventure. And we just love playing the adventure games. Now, if you like playing an adventure game, and in Mario they had lives. If you like playing an adventure game, why don't you like living an adventurous, adventurous life? The Christian life is an adventure. I know the beauty about the adventure is that God is with you in the adventure. And nothing is going to kill you in the adventure. Eventually, makes you, you know, more glorious, more beautiful. And the, what you, the, the Lord gave to you to be able to enjoy this adventurous life is what more abundant life. So it's not like God did not equip us. Are you get what I'm saying? Sometimes the way we behave is as though God didn't equip us for the tax. I know He equipped us. We have the more abundant life, which is all we need. 
to be able to what? Live the life of God to the fullness and the fullest. So, this life is there for us. All we need to do is what? Enjoy salvation. Use it to enjoy salvation. You're going to use more abundant life to use your feet. Are you going to say? You're going to use more abundant life to pray. You're going to use more abundant life to fellowship with God. You're going to use more abundant life to do everything you need to just enjoy your salvation. Praise God forevermore. I see, God created everything for his pleasure. And, you know, people who play Mario games, adventure games, what are they doing? They are getting, they are getting pleasure. Is that not so? Now, so, when God created the Christian life for us and gave us more abundant life, he created what we give him pleasure. So every time, you know, when you are going to Mario game, you jump, you take a coin, you take a coin just like that. So every whenever every time we we take a coin, that means what we take a coin in our walk in our Christian faith, God is excited. Are you getting what I'm saying? He's excited. He's excited. Now, so since God created everything for his pleasure, what is the pleasure? What pleasure does God derive from his children? What pleasure does he derive from his children? Because um we, we must understand something that God is not numb. He's not emotionless. He's not somebody who doesn't like having pleasure. He does bear. You know, some of us, the way we look at God, we look at God as an, as the only emotion he has is anger. Are you get what I'm saying? The Bible says, why do he the rage and the people he imagine event is? The king of the earth has set themselves against the Lord and against Jamedes. But the Lord said that they might laugh. He laughed them with what? Derision. That means God laughs. His only emotion is it's not anger. He laughs. And above all, his real emotion is Emotion is love. Are you getting me? It's love. It's, there may be some um, anger, you know, but the Bible says that the anger is just for a short moment, but the mercy is forever. So now, so God um, takes pleasure in us, his children. And what exactly does he derive pleasure from? Because actually, God created everything for his pleasure. Just that's one thing you should understand. God created the whole of heaven and earth for his pleasure. God, why did God create? Because he wanted to have fun. God did not create because he needed to see us. Let me just, I, I get what I'm saying. He wanted to just be happy. He wanted, no, he, he, yes, he's always happy. Just let me say, he wanted to have fun. Yeah, that's why he created. So it means that he was he must ensure that everything gives him pleasure. That's why when in time of Noah, when he saw, he said the heart of men became wicked. Well, see, this is no longer this. <laughs> Human, man is no longer giving me pleasure. So what do you do? He killed, he wiped off that generation. Why? Because he, man was giving pleasure. Creation was giving pleasure. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now what precisely is um, the prayer that God derives from the children? Psalm 35 verse 27 says, Let them shout for joy and be glad that and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, which had pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. What does God have pleasure in? God has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. We understood, you know, in the course of this lesson, that as children of God, we are born into the family of God, and adopted into the family of God, as children, sons of God, heads of God, and joy chairs into Christ. Amen. That's our status in the family of God. But also in the same family, we have responsibilities. And when we take our responsibilities, we act as what? We take into the, we take into the status of what? Servants of God. Praise God forevermore. Mm -hmm. And we understood that um, 
Christians who like the status of sonship but don't like the responsibility of servanthood will not attain anything in the kingdom of God. Amen. Because the balance of both that that brings that that brings about um, attaining height in the kingdom of God, and actually that's the proof of what maturity. As a child grows, he wants to serve. That's the proof. Of, one of the proof of growth. Are you getting what I'm saying? So in fact, if he doesn't want to serve, the parents make him serve. Are you getting me? It's not only ah come home, daddy food, mommy food. No, they tell you you have to do something. You know, I think I was not a kitchen boy. I never used to cook in the kitchen. But you know, they still made me do kitchen chores. I used to wash dishes. I used to grind the pepper. Amen. Wash the pot. Though I won't cook the food, but I will wash the, the utensils. And then I also grind the pepper. Praise God forevermore. Then you know now we use blender. Then we used to use the mortar and pistol. And my mom would tell you, grind it and let all the seeds be grounded. <laughs> let it be smooth. So then when you pound, when you when you grind the the, the flesh of the pepper and it's grounded but the seeds are situated you say no this is the way to grind it you use a piece like this you piece like this you crush it <laughs> and so we go back to the work again you crush it and you know when you are grinding the pepper just better remove your eye and because uh, should there be an accident <laughs> you first have to attend to your eye before you go back to the pepper praise God but now we are we we're, we're trained to understand that Yes, you are a child of the house, but you must serve. You must what? Serve. Christianity without service is delusion. Are we together? And so God takes pleasure in the prosperity of what? His servant. He takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. That means when we take the responsibility of servant, God takes pleasure. When we don't take the responsibility of servant, God will not do it. Do you see any parent who... As a child, and all the child does is eat, eat and sleep, eat and sleep and play, and will never do any responsibility. As he's 15, he will never do any responsibility. Do you think that parent will be happy? Won't be happy. Praise God forevermore. Won't be happy. They won't be happy. So God takes pleasure when we take responsibility as what? As servants. Are we together? And when we take responsibility as servants, what happens that we prosper? We prosper. Praise the Lord forevermore. Amen, Amen to Jesus. Amen. Now, now, if you look at even uh, example, Abraham, Abraham was so blessed. Even his servant Eliezer was he was also a blessed guy. Are you get what I'm saying? Yeah, there was a mystery of you know robots. Amen. Amen. Now, what is our part to play? What's our part to play? What's our part to play? The Bible says Job chapter 36, verse 11 says, If they obey and serve me, they shall spend their days in what? Prosperity and their years in pleasure. What's our part to play to see the manifestation of prosperity? Now, because we've understood from the beginning of this lesson that the prosperity of God is a blessing of God, you know, the blessing that God communicated to humanity to Abraham, amen to Jesus, you know. And um, we've understood that that's what uh, that, that is already basic, basically is provided. You see, God is not trying to bless us, God is not going to bless us, God has already blessed us. Are you getting it? And so, bless God, God bless us in all spiritual, spiritual blessings in Christ, in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. We are blessed. But now we have a part to make this thing manifest. We have a part to play to make it a reality, to make it physically tangible. Amen. So, what are we to do to do that? Number one, obey God. Number two, serve God. Two things we must do obey God and what? 
You see, um, we cannot stop saying this thing. There's no amount of grace that will make you love the God. And there's no amount of grace that will make you not serve God. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. Let's not deceive ourselves. We are not saying we are perfect. Are you getting what I'm saying? We are growing in obedience. We are growing in service. I'm not telling you that I'm perfect. I'm not telling you that I've obeyed God totally. Ah, no, 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 no. But I'm saying that that's a lie. If no man can tell you he has obeyed God totally. He has never had to make a mistake in his work because that's a lie. We all make mistakes. But our, our yearning should be to, to what? To grow in obedience. Are you get what I'm saying? I'm not telling you that I'm serving God at the peak of my service. No. No, 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 no. I can do better. I can do more. Are you get what I'm saying? Not that I can even, There's more for me to do. There's better for me to do. Are you getting me? Yeah. But... I have to still keep serving. You cannot remove, if you remove obedience and service from the equation of prosperity, you have nothing. Are you getting what I'm saying? You have nothing. Because God has blessed us. But He only physically entrusts the blessing to those He trusts. Are you getting what I'm saying? He has blessed us. But when it comes to the manifestation, come on, we have a part to play. Some of the time, the way we talk, it's just as if God has done everything, we have nothing to do, so we're just lazy about, you know what I'm saying? And then it just happens. We have to say, what, what must be, must be. That's a lie from the pit of hell. <laughs> what has been, has been. But for it to be, something has to be done on our part for it to be. Are you get what I'm saying? For me to use that kind of English. God has done what he has done. You see, we must understand that in this relationship, there are two parties involved. It's not just God alone doing his thing. Are you getting me? He's doing his thing. We are doing our thing with his thing. So, and he's doing his thing with our thing. So we are working together. So if he has done his part, which he has already done, we have a part to play. If we don't play our part, all that God has done will just be, let me use the word, uncollected blessings in heaven. And this is a lot of Christians are missing it. They use grace as an excuse to not obey and not serve God. You know the truth about it? Serving God is, we, we talked about that, you know, in the course of our say, but serving God is just using your life for God. If you can serve God with your life, it will not be difficult for you to serve God with your pocket. I get what I'm saying. Jesus was talking about the, the rich, talking with the richest man, and the, the rich young man, sorry, that came to meet him. And he was like, what can I do, Master, to enter the kingdom? And I said, keep the commandment. He said, that I've done from my youth. So okay. Jesus now looked at him. Jesus knew what he was doing. Jesus knew that the man was coming to, 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 to stand on his, um, um, uh, what they call his self-righteousness. Jesus said, okay. I, in other words, I knew that this is where you're coming to see. But I want to make you understand what this really entails. It's okay. Sell all you have and give to the poor. Pick up your cross and follow me. The guy walked away disappointed. And this was it. <laughs> <laughs> you want to be say, I know where to get you. I know where to get you. You have obeyed the law. Okay. Have you obeyed the law of self abandonment? Have you obeyed the law of that shall love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind? We're talking about all that heart here, yeah? all that soul, your will, your intellect, your emotions, and everything that. 
with all thy uh, with all thy might, might there speaks of anything that gives you power. Money has power. Is that not so? Wealth is powerful. So you have to love God with your wealth. And when it comes to money, our pocket, a lot of Christians, they, they, they start explaining to God and explaining for themselves and explaining for God why they cannot love God with their mind. Financial mind is a problem. Financial mind is very difficult. We can love God with our soul. Oh, well, what should we are? What should we are? We're crying. We're crying. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. We are crying. Yes, we can cry. We can dance. Well, not some of us can even do evangelism. But you know, when it's time for loving God with your mind, your financial mind, that's where the problem comes in. Are you together? That's where the problem comes in. You know, um, over again, we'll talk about the financial mind issue. Why? Because that's where man has issue. That's the only thing that takes, tries, that always wants to take the place of God in the heart of men. Bible speaks, Jesus said, you should either serve God or what? Mammon. And Jesus also is saying, it's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And the disciples began to think seriously, saying, oh, so does that mean that no rich man can enter the kingdom of God? Now, the eye of a needle is actually a small door in a big door. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. Very small door in a big door. And in fact, if for a human being to even pass it, some of the times they have to squat. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, for a camel to pass the eye of a needle, it has to squat. Then he said, and if it has any luggage on it, it must move the luggage. It can't pass the luggage. Amen to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Now, so, when Jesus, what Jesus was trying to say there was this. He was trying to say, this rich man has an excess baggage in his life, and that excess baggage is his money. <laughs> is his world. Are you know what I'm saying? Now, so, for him to get into the kingdom of God, he has to remove that world. Not See, when Jesus says remove that world, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be poor. But you have to remove your trust from wealth to him. As I said, he says, we should what? Sell off your family to the poor and then take up the cross. Remove your trust from your wealth by giving to the poor. Then take up the cross. In other words, trust him. Then you can follow me. For the camel to pass, it has to remove the baggage on its back if it, can, if it has to pass at all. A lot of the times, when it comes to the issue of uh, mind, financial mind, Christians are not ready to remove that luggage from their back. <laughs> they say, man, we pass this out, we don't, we carry it and pass. But it doesn't work. I get what I'm saying. It doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. Praise God. Amen. Yeah. So that, 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 that's why we need to understand this aspect of obedience. They have arguments in church over the, when it comes to money, there's always so much argument. Are you getting what I'm saying? There's so much argument. Simply, it's an issue of mind. Loving God with your mind. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's just an issue of loving God with your mind. And you see, you love God with your mind when you see Him as all, and that makes you obey Him at all costs and serve Him. That's the problem the church has. See, some of them, you see the way Christians are financially blessed. But once they start getting financially blessed, the next thing they start doing that, they start buying toys. Is that not so? What do I mean by toys? Buy make, buy cars, buy houses. Some of the times I just think, some, some of the times I just think, and I look at the way, 
I look at the houses of the town, and I say, okay, these houses we are building, they are made of blocks. Is that not so? Blocks. If a bulldozer comes and it's, it, it starts, it hits the house, no matter the videos we use, it will still collapse. And that means, what they call it, everything you built has collapsed. Your, all your investment has collapsed. I heard the story about a particular man. He was always sitting by a church. And it always comes out when they are, it's an, it was an old man looking wretched. He used to come out when they are playing the grand piano. Anytime they play the grand piano, it was a beg, it was a beggar. When they are playing the grand piano, he will come and stand near the church. He will listen to the grand piano play, listen and listen and listen and listen till they finish playing. When they finish playing, then he goes. So he kept on doing it over and again. So one day somebody called out to God and said, Mr. Man, what's it, why, why is it that? You always come for the play of grand piano. Why don't you enter inside the church? Why is it during the grand piano time you come out? He said, my brother, you understand. It was a white guy. He said, you see, I was once very rich. Very rich. He said, I invested into the capital market. He said, and the capital market collapsed. He said, and all my wealth went. You know how it happens now? It went. He said, today, I was once a rich man. Had houses, had money, had cars. Say, but everything vanished. He said, all I had vanished from my money to my cars to my house, everything vanished. He said, well, you know, while I was rich, I bought that grand piano you are hearing, I bought it for that church. He said, so now, of all I possess in life, the only thing that I have left of value is that grand piano. That I brought for church. It's not his portion, it's not his property, you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But that's the only thing he can see he used his money for. See, my brother, my sister, the only thing you can that will outlive time that you use your money for is for the obedience and the service of God. I'm telling you. Buy houses, so buy cars, so I call them toys. Buy them, no problem. But you see, one strange wind can just come, like it happened to that man, and it will blow up everything. Then what will you be able to say? This was the only thing I was able to use my money for. Are you getting what I'm saying? Praise God. That man, that was his only testimony. So our part plays the part of obedience and service. And the word obey is from the Hebrew word shama. And shama means to hear, to listen, to obey, and to hear. You see, you cannot obey without hearing. You cannot obey without listening. Most of the time we hear, but we don't listen. It's one of the reasons why people don't obey is that they hear you, but they don't listen. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. But after hearing you, did you listen to the person? I hear you. The third person go and do, do what he said. He's doing something else entirely. Because he heard, but you know what? Listen. And then it means to what? Yield. When you hear, listen. The proof of obedience is total yielding. Are you getting what I'm saying? This means that. This means uh, obedience actually entails a decision and a choice to hear, number one, to listen, number two, to obey, number three, and then to yield to God. To hear God is a choice, so it's a decision to hear God. You don't hear God like the way you hear horns honking on the cars honking on the road. Honk, honk. You don't, in fact, you don't need anything special to hear the honk of a car. You don't need anything special. Are you get what I'm saying? Just have the external ears, you are good to go. Just have the hearing ability, you are good to go. You will hear the horns. 
honking. The car is honking. I get what I'm saying. But to hear God, in fact, let me tell you, even if you don't decide to hear the horn, the, the car's honk, you will see here. Except you put an ear um, blockage. Is that not so? As long as the ears are open, no, you hear. I get what I'm saying. But to hear God is a decision. It's a choice. Because God does not throw his words anywhere. He speaks to those who their ears are at his heart. I get what I'm saying. And the end proof of hearing God is that you listen to him. The end proof of listening to God is that you obey him. And the proof that you obey God is that you are yielded to him. Praise God. So this, this, this comes as a result of what? Love for God and desire to please him. Now, so if you don't love God, if you don't have a desire to please him, you cannot hear him. You cannot listen to him. You cannot obey him and you cannot yield to him. You get what I'm saying? Now, we must understand something. That obeying God is not faith. Neither is it forced. Are we together? It flows. Because love flows. Now, if you have to force somebody to love you, I don't believe in forcing people to love me or making people to love me. I get what I'm saying? I believe in living my life. And if you love me for who I am, we are fine. If you don't love me for who I am, we are still fine. Are you getting what I'm saying? We are still fine. That's the me. That's the me. I don't like pushing myself on people. I don't like pressing myself, forcing myself on people. I don't like, you know, even if you um, force like, but me for over the years, I just like living my life as real and as free as it is. So people who can come around me should be those who actually love me for who I am. If you don't love me for who I am, we're still fine. There's no quarrel. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, obedience is meant to flow from the heart of love. It's not meant to be forced. God is not going to threaten you to obey him. Are you getting what I'm saying? You better obey me. Oh, no, no, that's not God. God expects you to obey him from the heart of love. The Bible says we love because he first loved us. So that means if we do not love God, the return, we cannot reciprocate his love to him. We cannot obey him. There's nothing like threatened obedience. Forceful obedience. Are you getting what I'm saying? We have a situation of if you don't if you don't if you don't give God the cost your blessing. And brother, that was the old testament. The old testament, God is not costing anybody's blessing. But just that when you don't give, the consequence of not giving it, <laughs> you should be able to keep up with the Isano. Uh-huh. It's as easy as that. You see how if you if the soul that sinner shall die, yes, the soul that sinner shall die. But God is not threatening you with that. It's already a law in place. Are you getting what I'm saying? If you sin, you made a choice. You actually at that point chose death. God is not threatening. God was not threatening. God was not force himself on it. Bible says in Genesis chapter um, chapter chapter six, it says that my spirit shall no longer strive with man. For his what? For dust. The number of years shall be 120. God got to a point and said, No, I will no longer strive with man again. I will no longer strive with man. God stopped striving with man in Genesis. He, he stopped listening then. He won't start it now. Are you going to say? He won't start it now. So God is not going to force obedience on you. No. No force one. You know, there are different ways to force obedience. So there's a way of threat. If you don't give, you will not be blessed. No, no, no. We don't give to be blessed. We are blessed. We give to express our love to God. And when we do that, we actually, when we do that, we act, we open ourselves more to the manifestation of the blessing. I get what I'm saying. And then there's another side of when you give a thousand dollars, the Lord in three days is seventy-two hours, ten thousand dollars to come. Ah, God is not a, um, a let me use the vernacular, calico, master. 
It's not a casino manager. Are you get what I'm saying? It's not a gambler. Are you get what I'm saying? Those are different ways of coercing people to, you know, obey God. No. Manipulate them, coerce them, force them. No. No, 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 no. Everything we do, it should be based on what? Our heart of love. If you love somebody, it depends on knowing to shout before you pick the person. Are you get what I'm saying? Depends on how to shout before this is the person. In fact, there's a level, there's a dimension where the person, eye language, you already understand. Those days when we're small, when we are misbehaving, when I'm misbehaving, um, let me talk for myself. My mom, when you're in public and you're misbehaving, my mom does not talk. She only gives you one look. That look has communicated a lot to you. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, the reason why I can understand that look is because of what? I love her. Are you getting me? And if I don't love her, she can look at the look. In fact, uh, some of the, the situation of that is when you look at it like that, they'll say, ah, Mommy, why is your eye like that? <laughs> Praise God. Yeah. Now, so, you don't force love. That means you don't force obedience. It flows. Are you together? It flows from your heart of love. And it can go any length and make any sacrifices. Are we together? Yeah. We see this in the action of God the Father in John 3, 16. God's love the world that he gives to the son of Did anybody force God to give Jesus? Bible says, Bible says, For God commanded his love to us that why we hasten as Christ ever. Did anybody manipulate God to give Jesus to us? Anybody coerce God to give Jesus to us? Anybody threaten God to give us to us? If nobody threatened, manipulated, and coerced God to give us to us, why will you not do the same to make us love him in return? No, he's not going to do that. So if there's anybody that has been Threatening you, what we my brother, you have to love at your level of revelation. Are you getting what I'm saying? And at your capacity. Your level of revelation and at your capacity. Grow in your love with God. Grow in obedience. That's why it's something you're growing. Are you getting what I'm saying? There's a level you are now in obeying God. You're going to grow in it. You're going to grow in it. There are some things that giving them to the cause of the gospel now is big. Remember when I first gave 50,000 as instructed by the Lord? I was crying. I was crying. And that day I was thinking, now I'm giving my best to you, Lord, when I was giving it. So my best then. But you know, I, I, can't, I, I can't quantify how much I've given now. Uh, at least, I'm not saying I've given so much. Are you getting what I'm saying? But you know, I've grown. Are you getting me? And I'm still growing. Are you getting me? With that, I'm hearing more. I'm listening more. I'm yielding more. And that's what it takes. The more we hear, we listen, we yield, we are obeying. And we see that, the more we do that, the more we see that we open ourselves more to the manifestation of what? Of God's blessing in us. Amen to Jesus. When love is in place, obedience is never a struggle, but rather a pleasure. Are you getting me? When love is in place, obedience is never a struggle, rather a pleasure. See, in my life, I hate to struggle. Especially relating with people, I hate to struggle. I hate to struggle. That's why if I ask you for something once and you don't do it, you won't have me ask you a second time. No, I won't ask you a second I won't, I won't, I don't. Because if you love me, I shouldn't even ask you before you know that I need that thing. Are you getting what I'm saying? If actually there's, there's a level of love that should make me know that you should even see my body language, you should see my, you know, my attitude, I know that I need something. But now let's intrude, let's rule that away. You are not, uh, maybe you don't understand that. Okay, now I come ahead and ask. For me to ask, it means that I need it. I get what I'm saying. And if you don't see the need that I need, 
then there's no need asking any further. You get what I'm saying? The same way God relates with us. Are you getting me? If you love God, it will not be a struggle. It will be a pleasure. Praise God forevermore. When we live a life of obedience to God, due to His love in us, which we, in return, used to love Him, our daily life should be characterized by superlative abundance. And this is what God takes pleasure in. Are you getting what I'm saying? Live a life of obedience to God. Our lives will be characterized by superlative abundance. Abundance that cannot be measured, cannot be explained. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, so obedience to God daily makes prosperity your daily reality. So it's daily obedience. So that means you must be daily attentive. Are you getting what I'm saying? What are you saying, Lord, today? You can't live one day without hearing God. Are you getting what I'm saying? Say, but Pastor, uh, but Pastor, why did I hear God? Study the Bible. Are you getting what I'm saying? And if you say I was too busy, I couldn't open a page of scripture. There is a scripture in your heart. Are, are you getting what I'm saying? Meditate. Joshua actually talks about meditating. Joshua says, This book of Lord should not depart from my body, I shall meditate upon it day and night. Then shall I observe to do what I do in the book, and then shall I make the way to and then I shall help us do so. Why does he use the word meditate? Why do you say this book of Lord should not depart out of thy eyes? But say that out of thy mouth. Because he knows that there will come a time where sometimes we may not be able to look at it. Are you getting what I'm saying? But it should remain in our heart. Are you getting me? David said that is that what have I hid in my heart? Are we together? And I may not say it. Why do you say I hide in my heart? Because you know, there are some days you may not be able to look at it with his eyes. Are you getting what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But when I can look with my eyes, today I can look with my eyes, I have to hide some in my heart. So that the day I may be too busy to look with my eyes, the one in my heart ministering to me and every time you meditate on god's word god speaks are you getting me whether it's an old scripture you know before or it's a new scripture as as let me say what as old as john 3 16 god is still speaking you are still hearing you are still listening and you can still be and still you praise god forevermore and then the next thing serve god serving god means making the choice and decision and taking responsibility to be a born slave of God. It's a choice you make. Are you getting what I'm saying? God, it is you and I forever. I am your servant forever. You know, I am your slave forever. Your slave, I remain. I can't be unslaved. Lord, my ears are that punctured. I can't be unslaved. It's a choice. Some of us want to be slaves of God today, and tomorrow we are free men of God. <laughs> Amen. It doesn't work like that. Praise God. One word used by Taya to explain um, and servant is Abad. The, you know, the, the, the Hebrew word for, for, the Greek word for servant is Abad. And one word used um, to explain Abad is, um, is um, to make oneself a servant. To make oneself a what? Servant. To make oneself what? A servant. That is an intentional choice. You see, this servant of God we're talking about here is not, let me use the word, a gift. Are you getting me? Mm-hmm. It's not a coincidental thing. I just don't know how I became a servant. No. It's not like the way they did slave trade. They came to pick me from Africa and they just woke up one morning and they were slaves. No, I'm not talking about that. Are you getting what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We're talking about a choice you make. Lord, I am your servant. Your biddings will I do, and your biddings alone. Praise God forevermore. This implies a choice and decision made, not convinced or talked into by anyone. 
to make oneself a servant of God. Somebody talks into you, come, let's have I remember, you know, when I, at the, at the earlier stages of ministry, when I was, you know, trying to convince people to, 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 to give themselves fully to the service of the Lord, serve the Lord. And I saw that two of the mentees I was mentoring, they were actually serving as two, they were waiting for me to, you know, free them of their service. Are <laughs> you getting what I'm saying? They were, they were actually serving as though they were let Pastor Keto tell us you are free one day. One of them was one who told me, said, ah, the way this the lady is serving, she's serving as though she's really waiting for the day that she will become free. Another was I was putting her in bondage. It's quite unfortunate that, you know, she passed on and I didn't even know. Amen. So a group of us don't understand that this born servant, the main thing is it does for us. And the other one told me, said, oh, I, 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 got, I got too involved too early without knowing the intricacies. And I was like, okay, I'm sorry. So now you will never tell me, see anybody tell you never see anybody serve the Lord. Give yourself holy. Give yourself to no 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 no. It's your choice because I've had my experience. Are you get what I'm saying? So now I know it's a choice. From scriptures I found it's a choice. I made my choice. You have to make your choice. If you don't make your choice, I'm sorry, there's nothing I can do for you than to do what? Than to keep telling you it is a choice. <laughs> That's the best I can do for you. It's a personal decision. It's a personal choice. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because when you make your choice, you be ready for all that comes with it. Praise the Lord forevermore. Somebody asked, um, I went, I did an interview, and you know, people were calling in, and somebody sent a message that was like, he's a young chap, and he wants to, you know, know what it entails to do the ministry, and you know, what, what, what can I, what advice can I give you in ministry? And I um, mean, you know, pastor was one who actually replied, and she said, be sure that God has called you. I said, when well, you know that he's called you, what you do is what? Start following him. And everything you see along the way, take them in good faith and continue. And that advice was too short and too sharp and he never replied us again. But I'm telling you, that's a true servant mentality. God, you have called me. I'm going with you. I'm serving you. Whatever comes my way, I just keep going on. I keep. I know the good thing. Only the purpose of God comes for me. And you get what I'm saying? Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Amen. Praise God. All right. So, um, um, serving God is meant to be what? A choice and a what decision. So, until it becomes a personal decision and choice, prosperity remains far-fetched to ability. Are you getting me? Until serving God becomes a personal decision and choice, prosperity remains what? Far-fetched, so, though it is what? Available. Some Christians are saying, man, why am I not experiencing this more abundant life, this fullness of life? The question is not far The answer is not far -fetched. Are you serving God? Are you getting me? Because the manifestation of the blessings of God will still remain far from you so long as you distance yourself from being a servant of God. And we say, say I don't want to get to involved. I don't want to get to involved. I, I don't want it to call me. That's this word. I don't want to call me a fanatic. Live from the pit of hell, you get what I'm saying? I don't, I don't know. See, I don't know called the fanatic. See, I don't know they call a religious fanatic. My brother, we must be fanatical about something. If you're not fanatical about Jesus, you'll be fanatical about politics. If you're not fanatical about politics, you're fanatical about what? What else again? Football. You're not fanatical about football. You must be fanatical about something in life. Are you get what I'm saying? Nobody says and is there. I'm not. No, we are fanatical. So you choose what to be fanatical about. When you're talking about fanatical about football, 
pray to God, I pray to God. When Nigeria is playing like this, my heart is in the sky. It is beating, it is beating, it is beating. When Nigeria lose, I go into mourning mode. We mourn for days when Nigeria loses. When Nigeria wins, we celebrate for days. What a life. You know, I remember sometimes, I remember when I was a child, I remember when we, when we, um, um, I'll ask my brother, what's tomorrow? Tomorrow is Wednesday. So what are we eating tomorrow evening? Tomorrow evening, we had a full time table. Tomorrow evening, we're eating rice. And you see, between that night, Tuesday night, and tomorrow, Wednesday night, I'll be filled with excitement. So happy. What makes me happy? Rice. Now, I ask, what's tomorrow? Tomorrow is Thursday. What are we doing tomorrow evening? Beans. Oh, between Wednesday evening and Thursday evening, I am sad. Why? Beans has made me sad. I'm telling you, I remember it. I, I can't imagine what made me think like that. Why food will control my emotions? I didn't like food when I was a child. No, I what am I trying to tell you? I was fanatical about what we eat. Yeah. So let me tell you, my brother, stop deceiving yourself. My sister, stop yourself. We are all fanatical about something. We are serving something. If you're not fanatical about Jesus, you'll be fanatical about money. Or you'll be fanatical about politics. Be fanatical about uh, football. You won't be fanatical about something. I don't want to be called a fanatic. My brother, you choose. But if you don't choose Jesus' fantasy, you have chosen fantasy for nothing. You are fanatical about something else. Praise God forevermore. You are to Jesus. Now, so, it's a choice that we make. The choice that we make. Amen to Jesus. So, the reason why some Christians are are not experiencing prosperity is because they are yet to decide to make themselves servants of God. But they have made themselves servants of mammon. It's very easy for Christians to make themselves servants. And let me tell you something, that will say you either serve God or mammon. Let me hear you something. If you are not a servant of God, go and check scriptures. If you are not a servant of God, you are a servant of mammon. The, the mammon there is, is a Chaldean idol, a deity for wealth. Are you getting what I'm saying? Wealth. And you see, prosperity is far, we said it is far more than wealth. We're going to see that tomorrow. Far more than wealth. But what the devil does is that he sabotages revelation. Are you getting what I'm saying? So this prosperity preachers thing, money, money in your pocket, money in your pocket, is not, it's not, it's not God that gave us that revelation. It's the devil that sabotaged it. It's the spirit of mammon that made us believe that prosperity is worth money. And it's the church, it didn't do it to the world. I get what I'm saying. Let me tell you, Mammon does not have a problem with the world because they're already under example. Mammon has a problem with the church. So, what the Mammon do? Mammon took time to ex make us believe that prosperity is what is him. As I said, there are a lot, there's a lot to teach, but we're just going to stop for more. We'll book for Grace to Prosper Summit next year. Mammon deceived the church for years. You know, initially it was like they used to call pastors church rats. Are you getting what I'm saying? Church rats were poor, poor, poor pastors. When members are finished using their clothes, then they give it to pastors. When they are finished using their shoes, they give it to pastors and their, and their children and every other. So then it now became okay. And God was like, I'm tired of this. And then it now became the flow of finances. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, when there was a flow of finances, we called it, we called it the move of pros the prospective move. No, no, no. The prospective move began 
It began in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. That's when the prosperity move began. We don't understand. Are you getting what I'm saying? The Bible says, Go up to the Abraham, leave your father's house, and I'll bless you. Why Abraham, before Abraham left his father's house, he was already rich. Are you getting what I'm saying? He was rich in cattle. Now, child there, where his father, where Abraham was living and his father was living, child there was an economic hub. It was a bubbling economy. Are you getting what I'm saying? Bubbling, they, were, they were the most bubbling economy in that time. Avenue Nimrod came from. The economy was at its peak. I don't know which economy to use to, to, to liken it now. Maybe I'll use the UAE or whatever, where everybody's in money. Oh. You see? The, I don't know the economy to use to, to compare child and the child and the it was an extremely bubbling economy. Go and study. I'm not talking from theories. I'm studying an extremely bubbling economy. And that means Abraham was wanted. He was wealthy. Are you getting what I'm saying? He was rich. And God told him, leave this economy and I will bless you. That means prosperity was more than economics. It was more than economic bubbling. It was more than economic empowerment, more than wealth. All this wealth empowerment, we're talking in church and we say, but my brother is mammon that is controlling our head. <laughs> we'll see things tomorrow. Mammon is controlling our head. Mammon has been able to make the church believe that he is what? Prosperity. That's a lie from Mammon. And I see that's why this kind of teaching is when they come, Mammon will fight it. Watch it. When the Lord began to explain it, it was in 2009 the Lord began to explain prosperity to me. I began to study. I said, began to study. The Lord began to. This teaching I'm teaching you, let me tell you when I thought it was 2009, I first taught it. Are you know what I'm saying? The devil has been fighting my ministry like crazy because he knows that my ministry is an expository ministry. He fights it like crazy. What we have been cutting with in the church is mammon. Not the spirit of prosperity. God told Abraham to live where there was money. Say, I will bless you. He left his money. Are you know what I'm saying? Yet God said, you are not yet blessed. Are you getting me? Even with the wealth, God told him, you are not yet blessed. Come, let me go and bless you now. Let me go and bless you now. But today, when we receive money, say, that, 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 that's a blessed guy. That's a blessed guy. God said this guy was not blessed when he was in economic boom. And he, with the, he moved with money. And yet, God said he was not blessed. But today, what is it? we are turning it the other round. Economic boom, economic boom is the proof that we are blessed. Mammon. Mammon has deluded the church. But I see deliverance coming in the name of yeah. Jesus. Watch this very well. Bible says Abraham went to one, he came back, and he paid a tithe to Melchizedek of the things he got from the war. Is that not so? Proud of that, he was blessed. So Abraham he was rich. I get what I'm saying. Abraham was rich even before he paid tithe. So even tithe is not what makes you rich. I get what I'm saying. But although the, the Hebrew word for tithe is what? Um, azar. And azar means rich. Are you get what I'm saying? But it's not each actually tithe that makes you rich. Because Abraham paid tithe after he had even, um, after he was rich. He was even rich before he paid tithe. Are you know? So now, these are, so, Lord have mercy. These are some mammonic configurations in the church. Are you get what I'm saying? And mammon has been able to make us believe that he is prospering. No, that's a lie. That is what? A lie. That's a lie. That's a lie. Prosperity is too big. It's too big for mammon to take its place. Are you getting what I'm saying? 
is still there. So that, that's one thing we need to understand. If you are not serving God, you are serving money. So, but pastor, see, I'm not after money. Is when you draw the circle finish. When you get to 360, when you finish drawing the circle, you end up money. Watch it. You end up money. Pastor, see, I don't like this money thing. I, 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 see, I, see, I don't want to be a fanatical Christian, but you see, I'm not sad more. Don't worry. The reason why you don't want to be fanatical, when you draw it, finish the circle, you end up money. If you are wise, if you <laughs> tell yourself the truth. The reason why I don't want to be fanatical, you will finally want, finally, finally end up money. Mammon has these expressions. It's not, it's not just money, it's wealth. It's wealth. So wealth, possessions, let me not go into my own talk. I'm not preaching my own talk today. We are going to talk that when we come. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's a lot of Christians don't understand. And that's why the devil sabotaged the gospel, the, the, the revelation of prosperity with the spirit of mammon. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's a big sabotage on the church. That is the reason why I was watching something else and someone said, ah, why would they not keep people for it? Why would 17 years, 19 years will not be keeping people for the church? See, when somebody will come and sing a song and the song, the, the songs, the lyrics of the song is, we are getting into danger, we are getting mad, we are we are getting wild, we are we are going to kill. And after singing that kind of song, people give me a word, people give me car, people give me eh? Is that what the spirit has released to the air? Selling white people that are trying to live with integrity, trying to live their life being to God, they are getting more frustrated. Said, you will see people will actually get into danger. They will they will kill. They will get mad. Is that what's... Is that operation of man more? And it has crept into this church a long time ago. Are you getting what I'm saying? We must understand if you are not serving God fanatically, you are serving mammon fanatically. It's nothing like mild service of God. No, it's not mild. It's either you are hot or you are what? Cold. There's no no problem. All right. The reason why some okay, so I want you to go and listen to our crossover teaching 2021 crossover to 2022. Go and listen to it. We talked a lot about serving God. This we're going to get blessed. Now, um, one word used by Strong to define Abba, that is um, the um, that's a, the, the word serve serve is um, worshiper. I get on to it. Worshipper. Worshipper. This implies a choice and decision made, not convinced or talked into by anyone, to make oneself a worshipper of God. So to be a servant of God means to be what? A worshipper of God. It does, in fact, it says this one who decides or makes himself a servant. Number two is one who what? Decides to be what? A worshipper of God. Are you getting on to it? Being a worshiper of God is total and absolute reverence and adoration for God with the whole being in spirit and in truth. This is more than just singing a song. It is living the life that adores God. Another deception that the devil has done for, for us is what? He has made us believe that worship is in song. You know, he said they have praise song worship song. I may not believe that when we sing a song about worshiping God, that's another deception. Worship is bigger than song. It's the same way prosperity is bigger than wealth. The, I use the word bigger to just because you cannot explain it. Are you getting what I'm saying? But it's beyond bigger than same way worship is bigger than songs. Worship is about a life that adores God. 
And that means it means that we grow in worship. Are you getting what I'm saying? <laughs> we grow the more our life adorns God, the more we worship Him. That means we grow in worship. Same way when you are singing, you build your um, your what do you call it, your crescendo. Are you getting what I'm saying? Same way you build your worship to God. You grow in worship. I'm in a level of worship now. I'm trusting God to grow higher. And I and I believe that you and my brother, my sister, you're trusting God to also grow what? Higher. It's living a life that adores God. And you get what I'm saying. Do you want to perform it when Jesus says, Well, the hour cometh, and now is when the true worshippers, when the what? True that means they are if they are true worshippers, that means they are what? False worshippers. I know the funny thing, when we talk about false worshippers, yeah, we just think about those that worship idols. No, not necessarily. Jesus was speaking to the Samaritan. He was talking about, you know, the temple, the, 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 temp, uh, the temple is in Jerusalem and every of that and every of that, 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 that. Now, they believed that the temple was a place for worship. And, you know, you know, the whole saga of when Jesus said, I'll break down this temple and in three days I'll build it back up. You know, the whole problem that came up. Every of that is, they, they were, their, their worship was limited to, um, let me use the word, precepts and laws that were placed and a location, a temple. But God was trying to make them, Jesus was trying to make them understand that worship is not a physical structure, it's not done in a physical structure. Worship is done in the man. Are you know what I'm saying? You worship God with your life. A true worshiper is one who lives a life as an incense to God. A false worshiper is somebody who waits for a song or goes to a building. Are you know what I'm saying? Always for an event to worship God. Yeah. When they go to church service, they dance, they sing, they cry. When they go for praise and worship program, they dance, they sing, they cry. When they go to uh, a building where they are gathering together, they dance, they sing, they cry, and that is all. That's false worship. True worship is a life of adoration. Lived as an incense 24-7. That's the reason why if you see a true worshiper, it doesn't need a song to worship. Are you know what I'm saying? It doesn't need an event to worship. It doesn't need a building to worship. He is the location of worship. <laughs> he is the event of worship. He is the music to God. And I said, okay, now, but the comment and now is when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. You see, these two things are all we need to do for us to be able to do manifest the blessing, obey God, and serve God. Now, I didn't tell you about giving any seeds now. Did I tell you about doing that? Did I tell you that there's a seed for prosperity? It's one of those things, um, I don't find them, I'm not against it, but it's still a level of understanding. My brother, my sister, obey God and serve God. You don't need to pray for prosperity to manifest. We don't use things to get God's gifts. They are gifts, but we use our life to manifest them. And our life is in obedience, hearing, listening. Obeying, leading, choosing to be a bond servant, and choosing to be a worshiper. 
See, when this is your reality, when this is your lifestyle, you don't need to fast and pray for, for things to manifest. You know, it's very supportive. Some of us have, have you see, uh, somebody said that I, I once asked, there was a lady I was, when I started the ministry, when I had to provide for an enemy, there was a lady I was mentoring in the way of the Lord. I used to tell her to, I used to give her Bible verses to read and chapters, and I tell her, write what you've learned. And she used to come and submit the assignment. She was my neighbor then, you know. And one day I went to their house, and we're just talking and talking, and then she said, ah, I went to that church, and the man of God was calling people to give up, give, 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 to, 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 to give. And I gave, he said, in so-so days, I will see the manifestation. I will see that double of what I give. I can't remember the full story. But she gave the last money she had, 5,000 naira. Then, what was that I mean to her then? So I see how many days has passed, I did not see anything. She was so bitter. And man, I said, it's good for you. Me that I've been mentoring, mentoring you, showing you the word of God, teaching you how to study the word of God, telling you, go and study, you come and submit your assignment back to me. One half day, she didn't even give me, uh, what they call it, 10 naira. But you are going to look for uh, quick action. And that was how your money went. We also saw it here. We're training people in the church, training them, teaching them the way of the Lord. And one lady came to church. She told that lady, ah, there's one prophet in town. He's doing a program. Let's go. They went. She pointed to them to bring a, a dangerous seed. She she brought all her business money because that seed was very dangerous. <laughs> and that major is a risky seed. <laughs> she brought all her business money and dropped it. But since she did not see, after she did not see, business closed up. And all the while they were with us. I was teaching them the word of the Lord, but they did not say, man of God, we just want to bless you with this. Actually, we're even the ones putting our money into their business, buying from them. They didn't give us one day. But at the end of the day, she ended her business in the hands of a, 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 a prophet that Jesus came to. Um, that's what I'm trying to tell you. You see, all this, our casino way of doing Christianity is not helping us. It is mammon's interpretation. Obey God. Prosperity becomes your reality. That is why for me now, should I jump up yonder and say, give this to you? No matter the title you give to the seed, jump up yonder. If God have not obeyed, that means I've not heard, I've not listened, and I've not, it's until I hear and listen, and God say, go ahead and give that, then I cannot obey and yield. If that has not happened, Call it whatever name. I won't give. I won't give. You know what I'm saying? As a family, we have given to ministries that they don't know about us. We've given. And we give. We don't have any issue. We are thankful to God. Because we had the, the Lord tell us. We heard. We what? Listened. And we did what? Obeyed. And by the privilege of God's grace, we are enjoying the prosperity of God. We are enjoying it. So my brother, I don't know what you have heard about prosperity, how to see it manifest. This is just the two things you need to do. Obey and serve God. When we choose to be born slaves to God and servants of God and choose to obey Him, prosperity becomes our reality. I believe somebody has been blessed. But before we pray, I want to pray for those under the sound of my voice. You have not made Jesus your Lord and personal Savior. 
You're there, you have not made yours to God and personal savior. You want to make that decision. It's the best you can do. That's the first step. That's the first hearing. Since when you hear his voice, have him not your heart. Like in the day of provocation. I like, get you know what I'm saying? That's the first thing to hear. And that's the first thing to listen to. The call of Jesus for salvation. If you want to hear that call, just say this prayer after me. Please, I encourage you to do it. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I know that I'm a sinner. I know that on coverage to you died for me. I shared your blood to take away my sins. Jesus, today I spend my life to you. I make you my Lord and personal Savior. Because you chose me, I choose to serve and follow you every day of my life. Thank you, Lord God Almighty, in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for all those who have made this prayer. Thank you for receiving them in the beloved. Thank you for granting me grace to serve and follow you every day of my life. Thank you, Lord God Almighty, in the name of Jesus. Now we're going to pray just one prayer. Lord, I receive and maximize you. To obey me and serve you. Open your mouth and pray. Carry his good as if the heart is that. Lord, I receive and maximize grace. To obey and serve you. On the brandy keskebetesa. Makure kite sembrege de desa. Rongodos kibelenge de borogodos. Rembrege de lebebe de beisha. Rombogodo lobobodo borogodos. Brigade lebebe de gadesh. Robodogodosh kebe de gadesh. Reincandurubakandrebosh. Imrogodogodosh. Mambrike de gadebele de gadesh. Rombrike de gadebe de gadesh. Rongida laboga de gadabosh. Renge de gadebagadegadosh. Lord, I receive and maximize grace to obey and serve you. Ezuzaga, Iga Gado Gaga, Zebria Kada, Zagados, Andrea Kikendrubaloso, Imbreketo Sakalaka, Mandre Gedele Bebedesha, Mambrie Gedele Bebekuatala, Rambrie Gedele Bedosha, Rambrike, so I receive a maximized grace to obey and serve you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you for blessing us once again. Lord, we receive and maximize grace to obey and serve you. No matter, when, when, no matter how difficult it may be to obey, Lord, we receive grace and maximize grace to serve you, to obey you. No matter how difficult it may be to serve you, Lord, we receive and maximize grace to serve you. Thank you, Lord God Almighty. Be glorified forever, Jesus. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen, amen and amen. Thank you for your time. God bless you, grace to you. See you tomorrow. Thank mm-hmm. you.